Radio Station. Hey there, welcome back to the show. 11.22 here. Now we are continuing our conversation about wealth screening in restaurants because apparently diners in Saint-Tropez have been refused their reservations uh, because allegedly they don't spend enough money. You've got restaurants Googling people. You've got restaurants looking back on their previous uh their previous bills to find out whether they spent enough and you've also got restaurants looking at the tipping culture ultimately what happens if you're not you know if you if you're screened out is you get told that the restaurant is fully booked now i'm interested to know whether this is something that's happening right here in the uae we know that many of the ultra wealthy have moved into the country and as a consequence maybe restaurants feel that they can pick and choose when it comes to their customers if you think it's happened to you then please do get in touch 4001 or you can whatsapp us on 04871 to discuss this trend and whether or not it's happening here in the UAE. I'm joined on the line by Gabrielle Matha. She's the founder and CEO of Restaurant Secrets, who are an F&B and menu consultancy. Gabrielle, how are you doing? You're on Teams. Hi, Georgia. How Good. are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well indeed. Good to have you with us. Now, I have heard of this wealth screening or, or a style of wealth screening happening in nightclubs where you get this minimum spend, but I've never heard of it happening in a restaurant. Uh, actually, do you know, as I said that, I've just realised that I think somebody did do it to me in a restaurant recently. And it was here in Dubai. They did tell me that there was a minimum spend on the table. But, do you know, it was quite low. And I was a bit like, yeah, well, obviously I'm going to order a main course. Um, anyway, what's your reaction to this story? You know, we need to have more context and perspective of what's happening in Central Bay. Um, per se, in restaurants, when you don't have entertainment, when it's just, when you're just going for a meal, would not do this. But I think I understand both sides of the coin. We've reached a level now in this part of the world that I've already seen while living in Singapore, London, you know, in places like these in the old days where um, wealth, way of showcasing your wealth is not just buying luxury items, but also uh, going out to places where you feel like you want to be seen and, and show off. So we're, we're watching this happen now in Dubai recently, but this exists everywhere in the world. And I believe that as brands invest in their uh, brand positioning and get the restaurant uh, level to that level of where a person feels that, you know, dining here adds on to my persona, my status, we, we will see these things happen eventually in the market. And it's not about right or wrong, it's just, you know, how the market is evolving. So I suppose it's restaurants would argue that they're reacting to diners' demands. Yeah. I would say life is all about demand and supply, isn't it? And commercial value is built on in two ways. You have a target market. So there are brands that, you know, I totally agree with David earlier when he was speaking that you just want to go for a good meal, you want to get treated right, and you will leave a good tip eventually. You just want to have a good time. And those brands and restaurants will always exist. That is a target market. Um, and the, the restaurateur knows what he's doing when he's targeting that market. But then you have the other side of it. It's exactly as a woman wanting to buy an Hermes bag and will pay half a million dirhams for it because of the value that it carries when she carries it. It's not value in terms of cost of the item, but the value it brings in terms of brand. So I feel that um, a restaurateur is building a brand that has that kind of, of overhead that has that kind of brand appeal, 
uh, is responding to a demand in the market. And it's a, it's, it's a commercial decision that is made. And there is a ready market that wants that. And we can see it already happening. It's not that somebody's doing it. It's a demand supply kind of thing. It's, it's existing everywhere right now. Yeah, I have to say that the few times that I've been up to the the Four Seasons on the Jumeirah Beach Road, there's about four or five restaurants there. And certainly on a Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night there, it's a fashion show. It's a car show. It's a fashion show. People are there to see and be seen. You've got people queuing out of the um, the Salt Bay restaurant, and, and they're proud to be in that queue, even though they arrived in a Ferrari. Uh, so you can really get a sense of, of, of the bill, you know, the the building influence of the ultra-rich in the, in the UAE and, and specifically Dubai. What type of things do restaurants do to ensure that they attract the right diners now? You know, if it's not wealth screening, do they have other practices? Um, I think we're, we're all, we will all agree as operators as well as consultants that we are aware that this happens in a very discreet way and it happens usually at the, at the reservation system level. So there are reservation systems that have been built and I won't give names, but the most popular ones are popular for a reason because they allow the operator to collect data, data of, you know, let's say I made a booking and I went there a few times and they see what I've spent. So when my name pops up on the phone call or the reservation that I make, they no. can see what I spent. They, they can, can see everything see. I've done. Oh, my goodness. That is so... That's, that's so nerve-wracking. So if you go one time and you only have a salad, then, then you might, you know, go down their rankings. Again, not to give names, but, at the, uh, but please understand, Georgia, I'm not, I am not supporting this. I am looking at it from the way we need to look at things in context of why it's happening and what is the other side of the story. So if you have these awesome three-level uh, places in DIFC where rents are running in millions, where your your uh, you know the people who serve you, the people who who work there, the the cost of having that kind of caliber on board is a certain number on your bottom line. There is a, a, a real need for that diner to spend a certain amount of money, otherwise that place will close down. And that is that is the reality the other side of it these places were built for a certain amount of money to be spent that that is in their forecast that's in their assumption and how they get out of get it out of you that's the thing we need to look at are they doing it with with great service is that wealthy person truly happy and leaving from there feeling that you know i got my money's worth or i got what i came for the value i came for and i'm coming back again because this is great f and b it's a great experience i think if we complete that equation as restaurateurs then it's the same thing as going into a louis vuitton or a ms store and saying i'm happy to spend the million or half million whatever ridiculous amount it costs to buy that particular item right so i think that's what we need to look at are we doing it discreetly are we doing it with panache are we doing it with you know with the, the true sense of of that this fnb is a next level fnb it's not for everybody and it has to be executed in such a way that it becomes a brand on its own We've discussed restaurant styles, but how about uh, the profile of Dubai's diners? What, what, how would you describe us as a group when it comes to our habits? Are we reliable? Are we good tippers? Uh, do, you know, if we make a reservation, will we arrive on time? Sadly, we are still evolving, as I would say, as a country. I've been here for 27 years, Georgia. So I've been here when the only thing that I could go to eat was Burger King and I would run away every few months just to get my dose of good F&B, good shopping. 
so these 27 years, I have seen a great shift, but that's again because the country and, and it being a lifestyle brand is attracting a, a different variety of people. So we still have the diners who want that quiet hole in the wall, community feel, and those brands will always uh, prosper, they will always grow. I work with brands like that. And then you have the other brands that are serving the dinnertainment era, era, you know, the era of lifestyle, the era of what Dubai as a whole is offering to visitors, and F&B is, is just one part of the equation. So you're going to have all kinds, and we will keep on evolving. The secret is to understand that there is something for everybody, and it might not be certainly a certain kind of restaurant that expects a certain kind of spend, and we know they exist over here, is not for everybody. It does not mean it's a bad thing. It just means that we choose what we feel comfortable with. Really interesting to hear about the uh, the restaurant habits, the diners' habits in the UAE and Dubai. I'd be very interested to get your comments on this as well. Uh, lovely, though, as always, to speak to Gabrielle Mayfair, the founder and CEO of Restaurant Secrets. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Keep your comments coming. They are coming uh, thick and fast. 4001 is the text line, or you can WhatsApp me, 04871 Right, Serena Kelly is here with your news headlines next. And then Dane Swindles will bring us up to date on all the sports news. Your ARN News with Etihad Airways.